1: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: And welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday evening. This is the LFC Daytrippers. I'm Gav. I have with me Kev, Keith and Chris tonight for the next hour and 10, hour and 15 or so. We'll see how we get on. This show, of course, is brought to you by Falecon, our charity partner. And we will talk to you a little bit about them later. Um, <clears throat> I've just realized my voice isn't great. And... uh that's, Why is yeah. that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It must have been something
3: on seen. yesterday or something. must have
2: oh, been something, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say it was your 80s whopper um, Spotify playlist. Are you piece. enjoying that one, Absolutely. eh? Absolutely. Belinda Carlisle in it absolutely all day long um so there you go um, what a playlist yeah it's absolutely fantastic um look we're gonna split this show into probably three parts the first the match itself the second the whole organization um outside the ground before and after and the parade today that liverpool and um, players went on through the city center and anything else we'll finish off with in the last 10 minutes or so loads and loads and loads of people um and I'm watching. And um, thanks a million for that. And um, this is the final day where we'll ask you to like, subscribe, share. Um, but we'll always ask you to comment. This is the final, final day. LFC now says, "Gav smoked forty major. <laughs> no, it's a long time. The last time I smoked a major was when I was about sixteen. I was rubbing the mummy. dad. Uh, yeah, hardcore yokes. there, 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 man. I used to smoke. They're proper gear. Um, but look, um, let's get into it. Keith, I'll start with you. Um, a disappointing night for Liverpool in Paris in the Champions League final. For me, with a better side. Um starting eleven, absolutely fine, no issues whatsoever. A lot of a little bit of confusion with regards to Thiago before the game, but he plays. Um I thought Liverpool played quite well. I there was certain things they fell down on. But overall I thought we are a better team that were just, to be honest, we just sucker punched by Real Madrid, who on two occasions got into positions where Liverpool had stopped them doing it. And um, those little half spaces, 30, 40 yards from goal. And um, yeah, it's just one of those where you take it on the chin, Keith, because that's all you can do. It's I, A lot of people would rather say, oh, we played shite and lost. You can kind of <laughs> grin and bear that a bit more. But last night I thought Liverpool played quite well and um, just came out on the wrong side of that 1-0 scoring.
1: Exactly. I mean, look, I think... I'd rather get there, play well and not win. And I know I understand the reasoning of, you know, oh, we were shy. You get to the dance, you have to do your best. But I just felt, yeah, we were about that team. I didn't think Rayo were great. And they did catch us on the sucker punch. And that was their plan. I mean, they were very defensive. You know, they didn't want to come out of there defensive shape at all and it was quite clear that the plan was just hitting the long ball the diagonal ball into Vinicius to try and get him in on the counter attack and I thought we dealt with it well Um, but we didn't have any cutting edge that was our killer last night now I know Thibaut Courtois has a great game and he gets man of the match because he makes some excellent saves but I genuinely didn't think we were good enough in, in attack I thought we were controlling we were dominating possession but when it came down to the nitty-gritty, I didn't think we'd done enough. So, look, I think you have to give credit for getting there. And that's what a lot of people... What's been annoying me all day is, you know, Liverpool fans, forget about rival fans, because, look, we all revel when, you know, if Manchester United were to lose a Champions League or Man City were to lose a Champions League or Chelsea were to lose a final, we're all happy enough, you know what I mean? I, I don't go in for the the banter and show you that culture or that but, you know, you do have a bit of stick back and forth. I don't mind that. What's been doing my head in is Liverpool fans on the famous twitter.com all day talking about failures and bottle jobs and this and that. And that absolutely sickens me because this team have been anything but bottlers. You know what I mean? They've been two games away from fucking greatness. And they fell short. And look, it's a long season. It's a hard season. I just enjoyed them. And the, the game last night, I just felt... If we'd have had and look, I've spoke about Mo Salah, You know, Diaz wasn't great last night. Mane wasn't great. Uh, the front line just didn't really didn't do it for us. And they've been the ones that have sort of put us where we are for a long time. We've been famed for our front line. Uh, last night wasn't their night, but look, I won't dig this this team out. Do you know what I mean? I think they're absolutely amazing and we'll come on to other things, you know, parades and things like that and, and and what that sort of meant as well for me personally, you know, as a fan, to, to stick around that. But look, unfortunately, we just didn't get over it, but with any tournament and especially with the Champions League, you have to earn it, it doesn't get given to you and fans seem to think, oh, Real are shit and we should have won that, we're the favourites. Favourites according to Hill, do you know what I mean? The favourites according to Hill, the Real Madrid I know mugs, Real Madrid, their run to that final was If that was us, we'd be saying our name is written all over this. And because it wasn't us, people were running down Real Madrid. Look, a wily team. They had a plan. They executed it. And once they got one goal ahead, they didn't want to play. And they absolutely killed the game. You know, we had a long time to get back into that. And we just couldn't muster it. So it is
2: what it is. I think think like, you know, A lot of people in the chat there calling about a a need for um, a proper number nine and stuff like that. I think from now I'm going completely on memory from with a few points of me watching it because I haven't watched the back right? But what I found was we were dominating possession. They couldn't really get out of half, you know, for a lot of the first half. And yeah, they were trying yeah. that ball to Vinicius. And I thought Trent handled them really well for the vast, vast majority of the game. And um, Vinicius was always going to get a chance at some stage. That's just the way football works. But I thought Liverpool in the first 25, 30 minutes were playing really well. They were finding those little spaces around the box. They were getting a couple of shots away. Um, the fullbacks weren't great in getting forward, I, I will say that. But <laughs> Liverpool, I think, were definitely intent on playing at a high pace and they they just didn't want Real Madrid getting the ball I think and Modric in particular 35-40 mm. yards and go where he's able to you know that inside left channel where he looks up and that's where the chance <laughs> Ben or the disallowed goal from Benzema comes from yeah. <clears throat> and I think they were intent on that and that's why you're seeing Henderson pressing Modric really high and and trying to get really at them and you know 26 shots or something to to six or whatever it was. And um, nine of them, I think on target, uh, one, the one from Salah is a great save in one. Just overall, like I can see people and I can see their argument where they say a proper number nine, you know, Um, but was there many chances there made yesterday that for a proper number nine, that would be my only thing. Kev, you know, if there's a few in the chat are saying like, you know, um, Midfield was an issue. Um, the striker is an issue, um, but but overall, it was a, just a really. It, I thought it was a decent game of football, but it was just one where we had some chances and didn't take them. They had two, took one which was disallowed, and a second one that that they they took, and that's that's the margins you're playing in them. Well,
3: the margins of the season were defined by a goal and a point. That's it. Over sixty three games, it came down to a goal and a point was the difference between winning or being in with a chance of winning all four and coming away with the two that we did come away with. Mm. Courtois made outstanding saves. The one from Mane where the, and he hit that with some venom with that outstretched hand onto the post and it went back out. Mm. Another day that goes in the one from Salah. It hit the outside of his forearm, but with the power that Salah put on it, it just skied it. You know, they're tiny margins. I really feel for Ibu Kanate because I thought he was outstanding he last was out, night. He was outraged good. And, really it, yeah. it, and he, when we were chatting, when me and Chris were on a Friday night, he was the only one that we had a debate over was, would you go for Matip's experience over Ibu's youth and exuberance? Bear in mind, it's his home city. It's his first year. It's his first major final. And in he went into it and he, he was outstanding. He was absolutely top tier. Now, if we had a physical striker, a physical number nine, we we'd play different. We would be whipping crosses in a lot more. I thought we were bigger. You know, we're physically a bigger side than there. Our set piece was poor. Set piece delivery from both sides was was poor all night. Terrible. You know, the amount of times that we didn't beat the first man, and that's rare. That doesn't happen often. But you need. We're good on set pieces, so sometimes you need one one of those to go for you. We were the better side, but I'd say what well, I thought I had an outstanding game for them was Carvajal. Yeah, he, Carvajal. I pen, he had
1: him penned as the weakest link. Telling yeah. everyone it was <laughs> to how bad he is and we're going to kill him. <laughs> Made an absolute shit of me.
3: <laughs> but Carvajal has got so much experience in Nouse that he I just, think he got a uh, fair bit of help as
2: well, though, Kev. Yeah, what, yeah one, did. one thing They didn't I did play was, that usual way. No, no because one you, thing I did you, notice you, was um, when Diaz got near uh, uh, and Carvajal was when he was facing Carvalho, you would see one of Casemiro Cruz Cla- uh, or Modric coming and just shadowing Valverde well Valverde, Valverde, well, Valverde the the, well. they kind of kept Valverde up a little bit and Vinicius mm. they were looking for those balls but in particular they the big thing for me when Diaz got it was they wanted to get pushing wide to isolate him yeah. and then they wanted to get two on him so we could yeah. either lose the ball or play it back to Robertson, and they could get back into shape. That's what I thought, Kev. On him, I
3: mean, he he's Carmel has come up against the a Lewis a, a. Diaz probably ten times a season in Spain. You know, it's not new to him. And again, this is his first big major final. You know, outside of a Copa where he was top scorer, he's never played in a game of this magnitude. So between him and Ibu Kanate, they're going to come out of this with a, a vastly more experienced outlook on how to play these games and there's only got to be more to come from them. But when you get to a final, it doesn't matter how good or bad you play, you need to get it over the line, and we just didn't. And credit to Courtois, he was outstanding on the night. But you could tell from the first minute we got a free kick. And normally they defend a free kick in exactly the same way as we do, high line. Ancelotti had them sat virtually on the penalty spot. And said, right, okay, anything that you clear, you put in is going to be in front of us. And whether that caught us on the hop or we weren't prepared for, it, maybe we thought that Madrid would come and give us, you know, play us a straight up game. They didn't. They played exactly the same way as they did against PSG in the first leg of the PSG game. Uh, they sat back, they soaked it up, and they hit on the break. And look, they got it. They got it. They just did the one chance that they had, and they took it. Shit happens, but. As you said, there's no point in digging out any of the players who were on the pitch because I said in a tweet last night it wasn't from the lack of effort. They tried; it just didn't come off. They had good chances; they weren't clear-cut chances. They created chances for themselves, and sometimes in games like that, you sometimes you just need a bit of luck. And when a, a shot from Salah on his right foot comes off the outside edge of Courtois' arm and flies off into the night sky, you just know it's not going to be a night.
2: Mm. Um, Chris you know we're not going to go through every every single facet of the game we're, we're kind of looking at it on a broader s- scale I suppose with regards to how we played how they played and, and somebody said they were surprised how defensive Real Madrid went I wasn't surprised at all I thought I, I said it to lads before in the pub and stuff if, if if Real Madrid want this to be a big open game I think they're in trouble you know Um, simply because I thought with their centre halves we could get in behind them if it was an open game where they kept it really compact. Look, two things I want to talk about before we move on, right? Um, from the game itself. Uh, one, the goal um, by them. And secondly, is there anything different you would have done starting 11, Um, Who you brought on and did a show, like, it's 63-game season, so you have to bring that into 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 your thoughts. But did a show Liverpool has a really 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 good side but probably needs something somewhere did it did it kind of focus what what we might need to do in the summer
0: um i'm still i'm look, I'm, I'm still quite down about it because as great as the season's been and it has been a really exceptional season for it to be a truly monumental season you have to win one of the big boy cups which is the league or the european cup uh and unfortunately for liverpool too many of our players were just just not quite at it at their level, and a, I was found in the starting lineup. It's a sad lineup. I think me and Kev talked about on Friday. So I can't turn around and say I wouldn't have picked that. The debate was only Canate's pace or matters of experience. He went with Canate's pace. He was probably Liverpool's best player. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, the concern we had was the subs he brought on made sense. You know, we went 4 2 4 in the end, going for it. I can't blame Clot for what he brought on. Unfortunately, all the lads he brought on a bang out of form. Josh has been. Not quite firing all cylinders for a couple of weeks. He's just hit that rut, that dip that everyone hits. Bobby's only coming back off another injury. And Cater, he didn't have a great game with his Wolves. And unfortunately, he just seems to have brought his Wolves performance, not the performance we've seen two, three weeks earlier. And so it's one of them. I'm going, it was probably a game, actually, and people may laugh, but it probably was a game for an Origi to come on something big, something physical, something different. And that's why I can understand the, um, oh, I can understand the the um, argument people saying we need a more traditional number nine. Maybe not to start, but maybe to bring off the bench. I mean, I know they have a different level of money those, but City have not hit their target this year, which is they want the Champions League. And I don't care what any City fan says, they do want to win the Champions League at some point. Uh, but they can score goals for fun. But they've realised in the key games, Real Madrid, like they've done towards. You need someone to come off the bench who is a traditional underline who just scores goals and is just a poacher. And that's what they've gone, they've tried to do with Haaland. And maybe that's the evolution for Liverpool. So, you know, with the potential look of Marnie moving on, maybe this is a start of an evolution of the new squad. But look, I know I'm pretty buoy- buoyant about Liverpool, but um, I'll be honest, uh, I found this, that defeat quite quite hard to take because I've seen how well Liverpool could play this year and it, they just didn't play to the level in attack that I've seen Liverpool play to, which is. Quite hard to take in, probably the biggest game of the season.
2: Yeah, like there was a part in the first half where, like, like I said, I thought Liverpool were playing well. I thought they were winning the back, winning the ball back really well. And they weren't. They weren't panicking when they won it back. You know, like sometimes you win it back and you might try something and and for no reason because just because you won it back. They weren't. When the fullbacks were winning the back, they were getting it inside to the centre backs. And we were playing again. Thiago was on it all the time, and but you could see that Real Madrid sensed very quickly that if they get out of shape here, Liverpool were willing to put bodies forward, their, their full backs were really high as they always are, Henderson was getting on, um, Thiago was just filling in holes and, and, and making a tick and they really, really, you know, um, compressed everything and and that's that's what that game is and it was a ball from Henderson <clears throat> last night and I hate when he does it but I could understand what he was trying to do where he whips one in from that kind of inside right channel. It goes straight into Courtois' hands. Now, Courtois catches it probably near the penalty spot. And people around me were like, for fuck's sake, will you stop doing that? But I could understand where he was coming from. It was something different. Now, I thought Henderson was good off the ball last night for the first half an hour or so where he was pressing. But I can understand where people are coming from, where they say, if you had someone in there that would actually carry the ball, commit people, be a bit more creative, I absolutely get that. But Liverpool probably should have looked to do something like that. Henderson was doing And saying right We'll play, we play, we'll play But at some stage We're just going to whip one Right on the penalty spot Head height And just, just go and attack it And I don't think We've done enough of that I don't I don't think Our variation and stuff um, Was great last night On the goal though You know Courtois has a great game He has a great game There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it Some of our finishing Not great But some of the saves He makes Really, really good In other European Cup finals, you're probably going We scored two there tonight You know We scored two really good goals tonight on their goal, I've seen an awful lot about, oh, Trent, um, oh, at the back post and stuff like that. And look, Trent has to shoulder some sort of blame for it. There's no doubt about that. But I think the midfield have to shoulder some blame as to how Ray Madrid got into that position. I think Virgil van Dijk has to shoulder some some blame for, for me, a little bit of a lazy attempt at blocking the ball. I don't know why he's leaning like that with his leg behind him and stuff like that. I, you know, and, you know... Should Canate get to it? Should Canate be deeper? Should should Alisson? You know, you could ask so many questions. It's just one of those where it's flashed across goal. Guy gets on the back of it. And I think he's onside by millimetres as well. Yeah. So, you know, but going back to Keith's thing, we'd loads of time to get back into it. And Real Madrid were always going to compress, compress, compress to the point where they were literally just getting as many people behind the ball as they could and leaving Modric as actually their outball as opposed to Benzema. He was their outball, you know, Ten yards, fifteen yards inside Liverpool's half to try and get it and play. And I felt sorry for Liverpool a little bit. You know, if that solid chance goes in, you don't know what's happening. He does really well. Great touch. Goes past um Mendy, I think it is. Um hits a really good right foot shot. You could argue should he keep a lower, but it's it's flying in the top corner. It's a good save. So I was just glad of, he took her on his right because he's too
1: predictable just constantly cutting in on the yeah, left. And when yeah. when he's and, got on his right foot, he tends yeah. to catch teams unaware.
2: Sorry for yeah. that. But but, but but I just think it was kind of a mixture. A mixture of things last night. You know, a little bit of poor finishing, some good goalkeeping. I think the goal is a little bit you could throw things at a few players, but it can happen. We have many goals you see like that scored every week, you know, and and at the other end of the pitch, I think Jota tried really hard. Mane, Salah never stopped, to be fair. Kate was okay, didn't stop. Um, nobody gave up, but it was just one of those where, like I think it was Kev said, uh, set pieces weren't good enough, not enough. There just wasn't enough um, intent on them for me. You know, I'd have loved to see us in swinging corners all the time, right on the six-yard line, because Courtois was committing to a lot. And yeah, if you can get the ball, yeah, he is, but, six but, if six. but if you're not beating six. the first man and then the next one is floating in the air, he's going to, he's going to get it. But if you're willing to whip one in with decent quality on, on the six yard line, and he's to come through a load of bodies, um, I think we might've seen something different, but mm-hmm. look, it's one of those you have to take on the chin. Uh, with regards to fans of other clubs and all having a go, just ignore them. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I have seen I've seen fans of other clubs there, uh, oh this and all that, and I'm kinda of going, yeah, you just keep going because the longer people give out about Liverpool and think they're having a great laugh about Liverpool, you know where Liverpool what position they're in. So if that continues, you know it's a good sign. And at the end of the day, we are watching Liverpool play in a European Cup final last night, and they weren't. So simple as that. Um People hate move... what they fear. Hm?
0: People hate what they fear. Yeah, that's
2: well, what it That's is. the thing. But look, I want to move on because Probably the, the biggest thing, um the biggest thing, uh, sorry, Arsenal for life said he was delighted we lost last night. That's fair, he's in this fucking group all year. And we've is been Is that up the same life. one? Was that not Arsenal fan for life or something?
1: Is this the no, I think that's the same one that's in there? Because if it is him, I had more of the sneakiness because he's been very respectful all year and as soon as we win, he's coming <laughs> in, dropping blade <laughs> hooks all over the
2: place. <laughs> no, I think that,
3: know, that is him more um, his
2: commitment. He he said he was delighted, blah blah blah, but then he said I'm just messing. I hope you're yeah. all feeling okay though. It's been a tough week. I'll take tough weeks like that every year. and um, because yeah. sometimes they won't be as tough and you know what comes at the yeah. end of it. But look, if 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 a season <laughs>
3: ends and you're disappointed only winning two cups, I'll yeah. take that disappointment at all this yeah. and, do you know, and you know you know
2: something? I think I think it's important um to congratulate Real Madrid. Because yeah, yeah. you know,
3: they're a side oh, in something. transition, went. You know yeah, what I mean?
2: They're, yeah, they're I, I think from they are. Finished article. Yeah, they're far from the finished article, but I think. Yeah. Ancelotti's the, done a great job. He's done a brilliant job, and I think the age of the squad, when you see how he's going to transition them through, the likes of Camavinga coming on, I think it's going to be huge. For them. They're looking to show many. so we We don't know what's going to happen yeah. there, but you have to congratulate Real Madrid because, you know, when you see the name Real Madrid, you expect, you know, from the early 2000s swashbuckling galactical stuff. But Ancelotti has kind of gone, no. I'll come out and I'll play this game because this is probably the best what we've done. And they played that game really, really well. They had the goalkeeper to tank on occasion. Um, might have got a little bit of luck with the goal, but if you don't, if you're not in it, you can't win it. Exactly. And you have to kind of congratulate them and um, say well done to them. Because did they deserve to win last night? That's arguable. But it's hard for me to be non-boys um, non towards Liverpool when it comes to that. But overall, Real Madrid, um, a brilliant run to the final. And they just nicked it from us in the end and fair play to them and I'm sure um, they will enjoy their celebrations. Now, I want to move on because probably the biggest thing to come out of last night was the absolute farce that was um, pre-game and post-game for Liverpool fans and I think Real Madrid fans because I've read a little bit about this as well the organisation around getting to the ground um ticket checks, security, getting through turnstiles and stuff like that and um, someone the like, few people have said um, and Dicko uh, put this in earlier, and I kept it because I wanted to because he said breaking GFF police which are the French police uh, Paris and um, yeah uh, have report p- reportedly filed in France blaming fans uh, fake tickets. Now Look, I'm sure everyone. Forty to forty thousand, they claimed. Yeah, forty to forty thousand, which is 40, absolutely preposterous to say. Are um, <laughs> the, they the counted they? The, the. Yeah, between twenty well, and
1: forty thousand. It's a big gap, isn't it? You know
2: what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, yeah the, yeah, the, the first thing I'd like to say is, and and probably one of the biggest things I've seen. I've seen so many. I've seen an awful lot of stuff last night from um, people that weren't there, um, and throwing all sorts of accusations. The this the picture that are the, the thing that goes up on the screen in the start of France about uh, fans being late was appalling, all right? Yeah. And uh, do you know what? I've tried to filter out an awful lot of what I've read today and gone with journalists that were there, media that were there, Liverpool fans that I would know on, on on a social media level, I suppose, that you'd follow them for a long time and you know they're not like bullshitting you. And basically the story comes out that fans turn up nice and early. They expect to get off the metro near the Stade de France. They expect to walk down, have tickets checked wherever they need to, go on, carry on maybe a second check, and then towards the thorns doyles, through and into the ground in plenty of time. Fans were, two hours before the game, were turning up the Stade de France, which is more than enough time to turn up a football ground, you know, um, to access it. What you've seen, though, and, and I read something really interesting that, uh, today w- with regards to the security around Euro 2016 at the same stadium, by the way, where they basically had, you know, like an a, a, an iron wall around the Stade de France for a mile in every direction. And you, when you got to this, you, your ticket was checked and it meant that millions of people weren't converging on one big area. Um, you would have a check. You would then go to a secondary check um, halfway between there and the stadium. And after your secondary check, you would then make your way to certain parts or certain areas that you would make your way into the actual stadium through the touring styles because all the checks have been done and there's loads of room for people. What seems to have happened there, no, not what seems to have happened. What has happened is that fans show up nice and early. They are expecting to access the stadium via a certain place and there's vans everywhere blocking off parts of streets and instead of the street being fifty yards wide or a hundred yards wide it's twenty yards wide. So they're all being, you know, um shepherded into these really small areas. And then they're being pepper spread. Tear gas kids like are are you away for Champions NBA. League final? Two hours before the game is due to kick off. I'm Alex Rodriguez I think it's an absolute disgrace what's going on and I I hope Liverpool do something about it I believe they will um, I think Merseyside Police were over there they're like the art all games and we'll do that but go and read um, go and read what's being said by journalists who i don't even think are liverpool fans they just happen no. to be there and see no. stuff like you know what says, God,
1: we are very lucky about that because without those journalists and i'm not a fan sorry for coming across you i'm not a fan of a lot of the the tabloid journalists and all that but the fella i can't rob draper i think from the daily mm-hmm. mail mm-hmm. done yeah. a thread about it mm-hmm. and when these fellas are talking you through exactly what happened in that situation you know there's no fucking blame on Liverpool fans. Every single journalist, every single pundit, every single person, forgetting about Liverpool fans, look at what their tale's were. To this. No blame can be put on Liverpool fans. It's all down to the organisation, but sorry for coming
3: across.
2: No. um, Declan says Paris was a shambles. will never go back after last night. Um, he got in early enough, but he could he could see it all unfolding outside from the top of the stand. He's never been as scared as he was walking back to that train station after the game. Of course, after the game, um, it didn't, didn't seem to be any perimeter. It was just... Um, what has been described as thugs outside trying to slash people and rob people and stuff like that Jason McIntyre said his wife was mugged and his young son yeah. assaulted as well so like this isn't just something that's made up the narrative that was being brought um, towards Liverpool fans is the most annoying bit of it because look I'm all for crowd safety you know everyone is getting into games in a nice, in a timely fashion going through turnstiles you know, like a human being should do, and going to a game and behaving yourself, enjoying yourself or behaving yourself. But gates being locked and people not being let in is ridiculous. The video of the guy holding his ticket going, look, I've just had my ticket. I just want to get into the ground. He's pepper spray for no reason. There's actually a video of a guy putting his ticket into the machine. Guy just comes over, bang, pepper spray. No problem. Uh, Unix says was in Paris last night. Such an uneasy and hostile atmosphere from some of the locals and police. Saw some disgraceful actions from the French police.
0: Careful. But you even hear now journalists who were uh, took into a hut by the authorities and told, "Take your cards off, delete everyone off your phone before we let you in." The back, really? that's all. Gonna, yeah, yeah. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was Neil Jones or one of the national press guys retweeted it because unfortunately for UEFA. Um, we're in the world of social media and we're in the world of everyone's got a camera phone so you could delete it off his phone but 15 yeah. other people have seen it. Uh, but listen, the uh, the PR machine was in full swing 10 minutes when there was, in, when there was ever a sign of any tr- any trouble or delays and they were very clear of who they were blaming. But unfortunately for them, the only people who believe that are the usual saps that believe anything negative yeah. uh, about Liverpool. And my advice with those people is don't educate them. Don't don't retweet them. Delete. Just block them. Delete them. Move on. They're not worth your time. But the fact that you, like you said you've got very senior press reporters who have no affiliations to Liverpool are all saying this, and they're still trying to peddle this bollocks. It's mm. fucking outrageous. Look, my brother was at the game. Now he got in very early, so actually he avoided all this nonsense. But I must admit, I was anxious till I got the text to say he was he was in the car going home, okay. And he said himself he got home. Out of the crowd with no real trouble, but he said the atmosphere was tense, and he, he even says he thinks that affected the game, uh, the crowd in the game. Because I think a lot of people were more worried about getting out afterwards. Getting out, what, what, what the fuck am I going to say? They're getting out. I mean, I've seen tweets from Liverpool women players who I follow, and one of them said they stood their queue and got pepper sprayed. Yeah, and this is this is a professional athlete, you know. So it's not like this, so again. This doesn't fit the narrative of what they're wanting to picture, which is a football job. And Neil Akson makes the the best point of the whole thing, which is why is it still football fans that put up with this bollocks? Mm -hmm. If you go to the theatre, they don't say to you, and I'm paraphrasing Neil Akson here, but he says, we don't say to you, get here two and a half hours before kick, before the theatre starts. Uh, But if you don't get in, it's your fault. And if we don't get in, we'll blame you. It wouldn't happen. You know, I don't have to go to the pictures and, you know, wait two hours before the picture starts to get in. You know, but as football fans, we do this, and we pay six, seven quid a ticket and a grand to get over there, and then you treat like a piece of shit, and it happens all the time.
3: And a, lot of,
2: a lot of people, a lot of people are talking about like the, the, not just before the game, but but in Paris there was a little bit, a bit of an edginess to to what the, for the whole weekend. Now I've just seen a few people mention that. Nathan says, "Hi, chaps. I was at the game. It was an absolute chaos. I got to the stadium two hours before the game and got to my seat five minutes before kickoff." You know, um, but, but Kev, look, we, we can we can shout and scream all night about this, about yeah. how Liverpool fans aren't in the wrong. We don't need, we don't really need to because in fairness to the likes of, um, okay. and I'm just throwing a few names out there, but the likes of the journalists that we spoke with, Gary Lineker, was having none of Gary it last Lineker. night. He was like, that's yeah. fucking complete bullshit. Was, um, for his- I think, I think, um, there was someone else belonging to Liverpool, was that it? Steve
3: McManaman's, one of his relations, I think it was his son, was attacked as well. Yeah, and, and, and Wayne Stewart says yeah, that Robbo's family didn't
2: get in, told he had fake tickets. Robbo yeah. gave them yeah. um, and Robbo, after giving them the tickets. But, yeah. but Kev, look, the, the French police are going to double down on this. UEFA, I think, yeah. said are stuff and, then, back, and backed off a little bit, but yeah. I don't know what way it's going to go now, if the French police decide this, because they have to cover their own arse with regards to and anything like this again. But, yeah. Kev, look, we... You know, with the footage, you've seen it all, right? Yeah, you've seen all the footage. You've seen all the the eyewitness stuff, right? From reliable people. I I've see the I've Liverpool fans on on online that go to so many games, and they're like, I think that's that's the last European Cup final I go to. Like they just, it was that bad that they're just going. I don't know if I can do that again. But, but Kev, like when you said there, why? I think it was you. Why do we keep taking this?
3: No, it's Chris. Um, but yeah, it's we. We take it because the alternative is we get blamed for rushing grounds for anything that goes wrong. So the standards that they have put in place is you arrive early. These are the ticketing procedures. You go through this, this, and this, and everything will be fine. So as fans, we put up with it. But the reality is the French government have experience of hosting events. They've got the Olympics in 2024 in that we'll city. What we go to <laughs> we'll that? Who the hell is now? I mean, the best reporting I've seen on this was by your man who does the transfer stuff for Sky. And he walked through. That's it. And I wouldn't give him the steam off my piss on on, on a normal normal day. But he walked people through everything that happened. And then you marry that against the written reports of what you're seeing. And they're identical, you know? Mm -hmm. And, this is now going to be down to the club. I think Billy Hogan has put out a, a statement that the club are going to make official complaints to UEFA. Rangers had similar issues in Seville, apparently. Um, France in general, apparently tonight there was trouble at Saint-Étienne.
1: Yeah, did you see that? Yeah, yeah there was a I didn't a see In
3: like, like a secret but it, style. Yeah, But it's certainly creeping into football. I mean, we've seen a bit of it in England with fans coming on the pitch and players getting headbutted, and what have you, you're always going to get the odd few idiots. But eventually someone's going to do something at some game. Uh, The worst one I've seen this season was in Spain. It was Real Betis against Seville in a cup game. And someone launched a steel pole um, into the crowd. It was like a javelin. And that was going back a few months ago. The game got abandoned and that was a local derby. But this is a European Champions League final. I mean, Paris got the game late. They laid the pitch two days before the fucking game because they had a mm. concert booked the night before or the week before and didn't cancel it. It was, a, it was a car crash from start to finish. You're seeing the reports from everyone who was in the chat who was there. They're mirroring what we all read. I read, the first report I read was Kelly Cates on Twitter who was stuck outside and she was saying what, Everyone else was saying that there was pepper sprayed and there was loads of stuff going on at the exact same time as the announcement that the game was being delayed. I thought, hang on, we've been here before, and I had that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I watched the game after it, and I said to you before we come on here, never drink, couldn't be bothered. I I felt sick. Yeah, I felt so sick that, and reading. Reading people's tweets, the minutes after that notice went up, accounts that I know and accounts that I've talked to in the past, how fast they believed the narrative that was being pushed by UEFA and how fast they believed the French police were telling the absolute truth. I thought maybe it's just because I'm a bit older and a bit wiser and a bit sharper. But I honestly, thought in this day and age, people were a bit switched on to this. Maybe I give people too much credit, but Look. These, these, these
0: situations, people's true colours always showed them. As I always say, the mask will always slip with certain people, and you you see what happens. But you only need you only need half a brain to realise going within ten minutes, you've got journalists with no connection to Liverpool from five or six major newspapers, English and. Spanish, yeah, all all saying the same thing. They all sat there in a huddle going, right lads, let's do this together. It's it in no fucking world is this happening.
3: So yeah. you know, this word it's people just a say, sick, it's a brain, brain get on with it. It's it's yeah. sickening how it, how it the story evolved. And look, the French authorities have got to double down on it. Guaranteed. The French minister. But it wasn't
1: even, yeah, the interior minister came interior out minister straight away and blamed support. British fans. Like, it's, it, it just goes to show. And look, I don't like to compare Hillsborough, and, but it looked like there was a situation developing there where there was, you're hearing about a crush, you're hearing about this. And how quickly they got their narrative out there that was fans. It was ticketless fans. It was trouble by the British fans. And there was no such thing. i'm are very lucky for the age of camera phones. And we're very yeah. lucky that all those journalists all sang from the same hymn sheet on that we're still seeing Liverpool fans getting blamed on it but that's just the usual shit that you'll get but you, anyone with half a brain can tell there was no Liverpool fans really at fault on this the thing is
3: there's got to be no repercussions for this
2: yeah but the thing, thing is see all this fake yeah. ticket stuff right my question to that would be how did a guy get to a torn style with yeah. a fake ticket yeah right? exactly. in the Champions League final Right. Any ground is held in. You have an outer cordon. Right. Or or when the Olympics comes or whatever it might be, you have an outer cordon. And when you get to the outer cordon, your ticket is scanned. And the reason yeah. it's scanned is is to check its authenticity. Right? It's not it's not admitting you into the ground. It's scanning it. They have all the, they have all this technology now where they just scan it and go, Yeah, that's real. Go. Right? And then you would get through. And you'll meet a second cordon. And when you meet the second cordon, it's basically, right, we're going to double check that we haven't missed anything. And we're also here to advise you where you need to go with that ticket to get in to this part of the ground, that part of the ground. Most people that go to these events know they've, they've looked up the stadium. They've looked up the C plan. They've looked up the gates. They've looked up where it was standard. You know, all the stuff. Like, <laughs> if you like someone going to Anfield and going, right, if I'm going into... 304 in the cup, I'm going to go in this gate. You know, they know where they're going. If I'm going in this in the lower Amphia road and I'm going around here, this is where I'll make my way to the ground, right? And when you get to a second corner, it's usually a case of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're fine. Or they're checking your bags or they might take liquids off you, wherever it might be. And then your ticket is scanned at a gate. How could all these people get to the perimeter of the Stade de France where there's turnstiles with supposed fake tickets? Nobody there's was checking check tickets, tickets there yesterday. No, no. There's not did you one, see the French? There's not, did. But there's not one Sorry. video, Keith. There's not one video where there's people trying to check tickets and Liverpool fans are going, "What the fuck's going on? Come on, come on, come yeah. on!" There's none of that. All it is is all you barrel in here, and then we'll we'll condense the space down and we will treat you like animals, right? Herding you into somewhere. You
3: and heard that we'll, word, kettling? Yeah, in kettling. In is, yeah, and then oh.
2: and then we'll and then what we'll do is we we'll lock the gates. And we lock the horns to us. And if you have the audacity to ask what's going on here, we'll pepper spray It's Keith, it's like it's 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 appalling. It's appalling what's happened. But Liverpool have asked for an independent investigation. Nothing's gonna happen here, Keith. They're no. all going to just smoke and mirror this and it'll all go away. Yeah. It's it'll be yeah, nothing
1: will happen. The French are doubling down on what happened. UEFA are absolute jellyfish cowards. They're not gonna do anything about it. When the reality is it was between UEFA and it was between the French to get that sorted and they didn't. Three months they had to get that sorted. Now, this is a stadium, as you say, that held Eurofinals, I held World Cups, I held everything, held every major event. Final. Yeah. This they don't need a year to prep for this. This is one of the biggest cities in the world. They should have the infrastructure there. They should be able to cater for this. And they didn't. Did you see the French uh, TV presenter that went up? Ducked under the torn style. Ticket wasn't scanning. The bleeding security are getting selfies with him when he comes out. But once they let him in, they all start dipping under and dipping under. And all the, the... The French locals, Who this is who they have the issue with, was these French youths that hang around the stadium on match days. But as you said, if there's a perimeter around that, they're not getting near it. So how can they they even, you know, it's not even about checking the fake tickets. Keeping these little feral rats out of the the area should be a priority. Now, because it's like, Kev, when you see this, and Etienne stuff tonight, absolutely mental. Do you know what I mean, it's absolutely it's not, mental
3: I've seen see some of the lads with the comments in the chat and yeah, it's it's something I I heard, I watched this guy news last week and this, someone, someone started talking about perimeter fencing and thought there's no fucking way that football is going to go back down that road again but what it, it's scandalous that that's even considered an option in 2022, mm. and I can I can see some football federation somewhere is going to use it as an option. Mm. I mean, whether they, dig mo- you know, I don't, back I, to don't I don't, I Iowa-
2: don't, th- I don't think as a football federation you can. I think, I think it's a it's an across the board thing. Kev, where you know, like, you know, in 1994, mm. all stadiums top divisions had to be all seated and all yeah. things had to be removed and stuff like that. I'm not sure it is, but you shouldn't need it. Like you them, go no. to 99.9% of football games, regardless of if it's a relegation playoff or you win a title or whatever, and no one gets on the pitch. Sometimes they do, right? But sometimes when they go on yeah. the pitch, they're all running around yeah. delighted. They've, you know, Bristol Rovers there had to win 7 yeah. in or something the other week. They all jumped on, they all ran around, and nobody, there was no harm, right? No. And that's no problem. And even the Everton one right? Okay, there's that thing with Vieira, but that's one fucking idiot. Let's be honest about it. You yeah. can't tear all Everton fans that were on that pitch with the one brush because it is no. idiot, right? And most mm. of the time it's good natured. Some of the time, like Saint-Étienne tonight, it's not. They've been relegated at home and they're on. They're throwing flares and fucking rockets and all sorts of at, at, at people. right? Okay. But, the, but that, but, but Kev, it, it, this is where it goes the other way. You have to trust 99.9% of football fans. Because they all turn up, they all have a nice time, they have a drink, they get filled, they go in the ground, they they shout and scream, they come out and they make their way home, right? But there seemed to be, for me, last night, it's not even a case of trust, it's like a, a, a disdain towards the football fan last night, you know, and why? Because... This has being moved from St. Petersburg to Paris. Now, Paris and uh, the start de France or the French Football Federation clearly would have been asked, can you host this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, it's a privilege to host it. It's the Champions League final. It's the, it's the biggest game in, in world football, right, on a season-by-season basis, yeah. right? Why would they show that to Steyn? Like, that's, it's doing nothing for their own image. And on top of I, that,
3: there was no reason to do it. That's what I don't get, The and I you could I'd love to find out from people who were over there. What was what was the interaction like between um Madrid fans and Liverpool fans in the city? Because you saw it when it when we were in uh, Madrid. The interaction between the Liverpool fans and the Spurs fans was brilliant. You know, not an out of trouble. They were mixing together great. And that was the build up, and the build up to the game was absolutely fantastic. We all seen the scenes. I saw I saw one fan park yesterday, or that they were that they had a, a concert at. But in general, I didn't see much else. I didn't see much else of build up. <coughs> it, looked like,
2: from... it looked like um, it no, looked all like. all
3: I saw. I saw the French said that they, anyone who was going to be in and around the Champs or the Eiffel Tower, if they were wearing football tops, they were going to face a fine. Yeah, I thought that's a hostile environment to start with. Yeah. You know, it's like, we don't want you here. And if you are going to be here, you stay in this block and don't move from it kind of thing.
2: Passio was weird. Passio disagrees with me. He says, none of it is all right. Because once you have people on the pitch, you lose control. I completely get that. But sometimes control is lost in a nice way. You know, people are exuberant about it. Don't get me wrong, the stuff that happens to Billy Sharp and Patrick Vieira, again, there's, you know, combined, there's probably 80,000 people in those two stadiums and two people have let their whole club down. Right, you had that city, didn't you, with the villa keeper? Yeah, you have that as well. So, what we're looking at 120,000 people and three people, have think. And you know what? It's probably a good point at this stage because of what's happened over the last couple of weeks, and it seems to be something that's grown. I absolutely get that. Cahill says 99.9% can be grand, 0.1% with fireworks will ruin it for us all. It will, yeah. But what, but, but listen, that's a, that's probably an argument for another day. People coming on the pitches and stuff like that, and in certain circumstances you kind of go, Jesus, they're having a great time, you know, getting promoted. And in some other circumstances, it's completely wrong. But I don't, I don't think it ever, will ever, um, get you to an argument where you put fencing around pitches again. You just, I think it's absolutely mad. Was, was I wonder mad. what
1: it'll do for the safe standing, but you
2: know, they were trying to push safe Yeah, standing. but there's a lot of safe standing in the cup now. Loads of it, yeah, You yeah. know, um, and the other one, and the, and the road 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 end as well. Yeah, John O says pitch invasions are shit. I have no time for them. I don't really either. Like, mm-hmm. if if I'm if I'm in a, in, a, in a if I was in Anfield and Liverpool win the title on the last <laughs> of the season, I don't want to see anyone on the pitch. I want to yeah. see the pitch clear so the players can can you know can absolutely enjoy themselves. And I think that's probably the best way to go. But my whole thing around this is there doesn't seem to be any spark for what's being done there last night. There doesn't seem to be any incident or you know, attitude from Liverpool fans, it's not like they turned up a quarter nine French time, no. expecting to get in the ground, and were piling in on torn stalls. This is at seven o'clock last night, French time, two yeah. hours before the game. In the fairness,
3: who, who the hell turns up to a Champions League final late? It doesn't happen. No, It, but, never, it yeah. never added up from the start. But it was delayed
2: really? because people turning up at eight o'clock were finding yeah. the people that turned up at seven o'clock couldn't get into the ground. Couldn't so of course you're going to yeah. end up with 30,000, 40,000 yeah. people outside and it's Half a French time, a half an hour to kick off. Of course, you're going to have an issue because you're locking gates and you're shepherding people down these narrow, narrow walkways and stuff like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um,
0: look, the only thing that's we all well, know the only thing that's, the only thing we know the only thing that's going to happen is Liverpool will get a massive fine and we will be blamed for the delay and they may make us do a game behind closed doors and, that, and then and then you wait for a go hands washed. That's us done and we just know that's what they'll do. Nottles will yeah, agree with it no. and there'll be the usual hand wringing and outrage it, but they won't do fuck all about it. Because so they don't no want to be like they don't want to. punished for
3: that. Yeah, you'll be no, waiting put, a long put, time. On. You'll be waiting a long it. it, UK UK it yeah, it'll be a long, long
0: time well. we pay it, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah,
2: yeah me. but I think what'll that happen wouldn't. here is I don't think I don't think Liverpool will be punished for it. I think this yeah. will be a case of like you it'll said, trying to wash the hands of it in some way. And if you smoke and mirrors and independent investigations that'll go on for a year and people go, Oh, is that still going? And people lose interest. They just do. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I have to say, um, from what I've seen um, of Liverpool fans before and after the game last night, I think the absolute vast majority were impeccably, be- impeccably behaved mm. under under what sh- would have been very threatening kind of if. situation. And yeah. one in which, if they'd reacted in some way, you kind of go, well, how much are they meant to take here? Do you know to start the sort of way? Yeah. But look, um, look. It's it's I'm sure it'll rumble on over the next days and weeks and, and we'll cover it as it goes. Um where do we want to go to parade? So <laughs> uh, Keith. Ah uh, the parade.
1: Keith. The parade. I've seen um, the parade.
2: I've seen loads of the coverage of the parade today. I kinda of had it on and I was in and out um doing stuff around the house. But the big thing to come over for me is, you know. Liverpool fans turned out, regardless of what happened oh, last night. Now, don't get me wrong. I think if they'd have won last night, you could, I don't know how many more he would have added on to the crowd. But you see Andy Robertson saying, you know, grew up this morning, not in great form. Didn't think many had torn up. And then he sees what torn up today. Jurgen Klopp says, basically says, look, I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about Eric Club. Yeah. It's the best in the world. We lose, a comp- we used the biggest game in Europe last night. And look, look what's what's in front of us today. Um, I thought it was absolutely class show of class and a, a show of um, I don't know, not, not defiance. I don't think it's defiance. but I think, I it, was, think
1: it is. I yeah. think there's a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's okay. a bit of defiance in it. Yeah. There no, genuinely I do. I think it was a case of, you know, Jürgen Klopp's words I thought, yeah, were very telling. He's more or less saying, I don't give a shiny shit what anyone else thinks about this. This is what we're doing. Because this is for their fans. And I loved it. Do you know what I mean? I think, yep. Happy days. This is what it's all about. Because we didn't get a parade for the league and this wasn't a parade for the league, you know what I mean? This was a parade for the club, but it was a parade to thank the fans. Do you know what I mean? It was for the fans and the team to get together. This is a great team. Don't forget that. This is a fucking great team we have here and they wanted that as much as we as fans wanted it. You saw the players' reactions. You saw um, Canate saying he'd never seen anything like this in his life. You see Thiago posting stuff and he's like, the, the fuck's Whims going team, on?
0: The women's team got to be involved in it which is and massive, it's, that's fantastic. brilliant yeah that's it. brilliant it. that's what you want that's what they want you know that's, in fact, that's gonna that's gonna help that side of football as well really well Cause look look what you can see look what they can do it's brilliant uh, I have seen someone in the chat I'm looking at now, saying it's a farce fucking do one then do you know what yeah. I mean go on, I mean, enjoy it. go and enjoy yourself Exactly. Gutter, I'm cos I'm missed it because I was never unfortunately going to be able to make the prey because of family commitments. So
1: I was I'm, expecting I you that. on the bus with the women's team doing an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I know, if, if they'd let me, I would have done, but I don't think
0: that's, that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. But also, the good thing was the ads. Women from uh, people from the women, Liverpool Women's Supporters Club got to go on the
2: uh, the bus as well. So and a couple of people like from the a couple of people that work for the field banks as well. Yes, um, yeah, that, as well.
0: Nice, that's the nice community part of it. That is what you want football. Well, no, it shows that's it what shows country. what
2: the, the club thinks of these people and yeah. and is a little bit we're in. Um, you know, they, they know we're in touch of them. You know, the kind of way they, they, know, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't just ignore that. Keith, I will come back to you though. You know, it's huge numbers again, and it's basically saying to this side like. Oh, I think it's a thank you to decide side for the season yeah. that's in it. Um, like mm-hmm. you said earlier, mm-hmm. you're you're probably ten minutes away from a league title last Sunday. You're uh, nicking a goal somewhere last night for the European Cup, but you still won two trophies. And I seen a great one today where someone said, "Hold on, um, we're t- we're accused of disrespecting these trophies, and then yeah. when we go and win them, we're accused of over-egging them." So where where would you like us to go with this, you know? Um, but Keith, you think it's a bit of defiance, and you think I. Maybe so, and, and it's kind of like we're with you, and we go again next year, yeah. Because I think the players would have felt it. Do you
1: know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the, the time when we only spoke about the the other day and he scores in the West Brom game, and Klopp gets them all to tank the crowd after a two-all draw, and everyone made a laugh at that. But that was important, that's one of the most important moments of the Klopp era, even though it's, it's a two-all draw home to West Brom bringing it. Bring but and getting the team and the fans back together so fans are not leaving early. This is saying, like, don't worry, we're all down here. The the players are all down, they got beaten. As you say, Andy Robbo didn't think many would be there. They saw what it meant to the people. They saw what it meant to the fans. And they know the fans are behind them. And like I said, I'm a big Calvin Harris fan, but I wish he'd have turned the fucking music off when Klopp was trying to do was uh his chatting, you know, because you Klopp's couldn't really give him hear a him. Slap. Yeah, Calvin, knock it off, mate. We'll put it on in a minute. But I just thought Klopp's words were, I thought were very, very, very defiant. It's like a sage mentality, but not in the sense of, you know, the Jose Mourinho sage mentality, more of a, because Klopp doesn't, he's a smiling assassin, you know what I mean? I just felt he was saying, look, the fact he was saying, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I couldn't care what people outside this club thinks. I thought that was very telling. Managers don't usually... The Don't usually ball. come out with that. But I, Klopp's been saying a fair bit of it. He said it after Wolves, didn't he, last week when um, he says, we'll be having a parade. And if that annoys people, good. And, yeah. you know, this is this is, the, this is the sort of thing that will rally again. You know, when you feel down, right, you feel down. Pete, I've seen, again, Liverpool fans on Twitter, worst week of our lives, blah, blah, blah. Listen, so you're not... Fucking Hudson. Do you not remember that? Yeah, bit? exactly. That's that's uh, that's exactly it. Like, we're getting beaten oh, in a Champions League <laughs> final and could have had a quadruple. We won two trophies. As you said, Gav, we get pilloried for not taking them serious. The year we take them serious, they have two Mickey Mouse tournaments. No matter what happens, there's always a but, an and, and, and. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We won two trophies there. We had a parade. The women's team were there as well. Oh, but it was only the championship, not the premiership. So what? Do you know what I mean? It's bringing... The club it's bringing the women's team because we all know the women's team got neglected. The women's team won, yeah. didn't they win? They won two Premier titles, didn't they, a few years yeah. ago? Uh,
0: same manager went back to about WSLs and then within four year, four or five years,
1: relegated. Yeah, but they, the it club lack, didn't lack put anything right? into it. Yeah. They 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 ignored the women's team and to bring them back and to get them back into the into the fold. It's a bigger picture, it's all bigger picture stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's all big picture stuff. And Klopp, this is this is what he's in it for. He wants the fans. you have seen it more and more. He was always very much a, a man of the fans, whether it was at like Dortmund, whether it's at Mainz and Liverpool as well. But you're seeing it more and more. Now I think he's getting a bit more militant, which, yeah, yeah, I can get well behind this. Because mm-hmm. I just think, you know, Liverpool fans will always support. Uh, the team, well, in the main, you know what I mean? Most fans will support the team. But when you have Klopp leading, you have a a, a Messiah-like a, a figure there, I just think, you know, that that helps get it back. Because you lose a Champions League final. The last time we lost to them, on the Monday, we announced Fabinho. <coughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So and today we
2: just had a big parade
1: instead. Today we had a big parade. Now, the news is breaking about Sadio Mane. That's bad news, blah, blah. Fuck it! We're having a parade, and we worry about that tomorrow.
2: <laughs> well, look, the, pra- the Sadio Mani thing—I'll um, talk about in a minute. Uh, Kev, parade's all for it. Cheer you up.
3: It did. Uh, do you know? I wasn't expecting it to. I was. I think G10 put a comment in there earlier on. I was sceptical, and I, th- I was wondering, like I think a lot of the players, how many people are really buying into this? And then when you saw the numbers, when you saw the streets. It's like, it, it it's a reminder, if you ever needed one, that social media is a microcosm of yeah. opinion that doesn't reflect society. And that be that in football, be that in life, it doesn't. And what you saw today was a city and a club coming three years out of COVID, or two years out of COVID, and for the first time, the whole city, people who can't go to games, who can't afford to go to games, young you know young families who got kids who just cannot afford match day tickets got to be able to go out and celebrate their celebrate their club for the first time in two and a half years and you say it wasn't about the league it was for me it was everything that this club has achieved good and bad winning the title get it, fighting to get into the top 4 getting into the champions league final and everything in between and it was a release That's what it was. It was a release of emotion for the entire city, for the red half of the city to just let it all out. And with Klopp's speech, he knows what's coming. He knows who's going, but he also knows who's coming. And he's really defiant. And with our record in the market and him sounding bullish and telling fans to book your hotels for uh, Istanbul, you know, it's... uh, the Omens are good for us, you know. And like you said, Keith, we are a very, very good side. We're a top-tier side. We are one of the best sides in Europe. And you know, Hats off to Madrid. Madrid are the best side in the world at the moment. They have walked the walk. They've beaten everyone, and they stand on the top of the hill. But they're there to be knocked down now. And we'll go again next year, and we'll do our level best to knock them down.
2: Yeah. Look, I think we're going to do a season review at some stage this week, we're only talking about it before we come on what we're going to do this week and um, I will touch on them be, uh, I'll touch on all that before we leave but the last thing, a few people have asked with regards to Sadio Mane, um, I've seen a quote today and to be honest with you I'm kind of lost because like fucking some quotes here, some quotes there and then you're like that quote isn't actually real, this is actually what he said you know the usual, but I did see one today saying that um, Sadio Mane has said he hasn't um, made a decision on his future um, it's a big decision and he'll need time Chris, I come to you first. I just want your good feeling on this. Stay or go?
0: Sadly, I think he's going. Which is, I would say, out of the original front three, I thought he'd be the one that stayed out the three. But I think when it's come from Neil Jones and the usual Liverpool journo's that they're implying he's gonna go, they've got wind of something, and it's unusual for them all to do that sort of speculation. Which it's a shame. Uh, because I, I love Sadio Mane and you know he was the first big cog in the club in the clock machine to get this going you know and he is the when you think of the early clock years it is Sadio Mane and he, that leads to us getting the most out of that. so if he I think he goes uh, which I'm really gussied about because uh, I think he's great and I just think now we'll start to see phase two of Mane which is as a number nine which I think he's brilliant at and I think he would have been brilliant for us next year as a, as a number nine that's the really thing with the parade I the parade did cheer me up because I, I must admit, Kev's had messages off me. as a quite dour and not, not, not been a chip chipper self as, all day. But it maybe this is also a bit a bit of a thank you and a goodbye to this current squad because we probably are now going to see that famous front three no more, and we are going to start seeing the next ver- the next evolution. Which it happens to all clubs. All clubs go through that evolution. So maybe this is Klopp's way of also saying thank you and goodbye to Klopp version one. We're going to clock version two now, which, look, nobody likes change, but I think that's the way it is. So, Sadly, I do think Manny's going, unfortunately.
3: Kev, stay or go? Yeah, I think he goes, but apparently he hasn't asked to go. He hasn't put in a transfer request or he hasn't told the club officially what he wants to do. I think he goes, but I think he goes on the club's terms because if it's a derisory offer, they'll keep him for the year and let him go for free. Yeah, well, club um, did mention that
2: anyone that has a year left in a deal has been offered yeah. deals at Liverpool. It won't and change.
3: They, yeah, they all know where they stand, Yeah, including Mo Salah. It's a case of, look, this is the deal. If you don't want to sign it, that's fine. That's up to you. But it's not going to change. It's not going to improve. And in fairness, if he's if Mo Salah is going to be offered the top wages at the club and be the, top, the club's top earner, he needs to come back in – august and show why he deserves that that amount of that amount of money because it probably shows
2: no no look he hasn't been a great farm and and it's allowed you know he's been unbelievable for four four years years, years, five years for me
3: that for me that would make me stop and say look okay there is a really good offer on the table for you to stay for three or four years you're 30 years of age, and this will take you up to 34. Mm. It's the it's the biggest contract the club has ever issued to anyone, on the on the strength of you putting in a pile of shite for four months. Yeah, in but comparing the, to what what you're normally turning out. Mm. So,
2: but I think I think with with the club saying that the, the you know Klopp has said that these players know that they know where they stand. The deals are being offered. So, so I think it's also kind of saying. Um, like, if you want to run them down, run them down. I think the club are kind of saying now they might be called a bluff a little bit, but club if from what club is saying is true, the club are very comfortable. You know, um, if if Salah wants to go, we put a price on him and he can go, or he can run it down. Sadio decides he wants another challenge. You know, to be a price problem. If he doesn't, we let it run down. But but at the same time, you don't want players there for a year when you don't want to be there. You know, it's it's a, it's a bit of a balance act. I, before I go on to Keith, I'll give him the last word now. I, th- I do think he goes. Um, he got my blessings, to be oh. honest with you. He got like, all the respect in the world. I think Chris said he's the first cog in it, and he was. He was the one that started it all in Sadio Mane. He's been nothing short of exceptional for literally five, uh, six, six years at Liverpool, and um, it'd be six years in August, I think. And, you know, absolute warrior of a player. You know, I remember him going playing AFCON and coming back and about two days later, he play He comes on as a sub against Norwich, yeah. um, in nineteen twenty. But yeah. you know what? All these things come to an end. You told me tomorrow he's staying, I'd be absolutely thrilled. I think you've seen a reaction where people are going, "Well, well, they signed Diaz. That's Mane's replacement. And when Mane goes, they won't be signing anyone else." And I'm kind of going, "All right, but let's see what but they he do because you have to yeah, trust but Ar-
0: them." But Ar- Riki's going as well, so you got to replace his minutes.
2: Yeah. Well, look, I- but but this this is what I'm saying when it comes to the summer people just need to chill out and we, we will yeah. be talking about transfers throughout the summer and just what we think, what's happening, what's being rumoured and stuff like that and we go through that probably once or twice a week as well. Keith um, any hope he stays or do you think no that's, that's Mane done?
1: No I think he's gone yeah I think he's gone. Uh, I'd love it if he stays I, I was selling him we all know that I was getting rid of him but it was only because of the contract situation and, and trying to get money for these players but I agree with something you said there Gav you know, Klopp did come out and say the the club have made their position clear on all the players with a year left and there won't be any sort of changes to that. And I think the club have more or less said, yeah, look, you can run your contracts down to the front three specifically. Right. So Sadio Mo and Bobby, mm. you know, they don't really owe us anything. If I'm being totally honest, they've come in and they've won it all. They've done brilliant for us. Um and I think that'll let go. And I think what's happening with Mane now is I think the Lewandowski thing is after is what's what's after thrown. That I don't think they planned to sell Mane. I think Lewandowski wanting out with Bayern Munich means Bayern need a replacement, and he's the one that they want in there to replace him as annoying and from Mane's point of view I can understand if that's the move that that's going to happen why he would want it because we keep saying you know where can Mo Salah like go who can buy him because the the Spanish teams they're not really where they, I know Real win the Champions League but that they're not where they where it's not the top destination now uh the Italian league isn't there PSG it's a bit of a big graveyard Bayern are a good team you know you, it's a one-horse league or whatever but they they don't have the same smell off them that the likes of PSG do and all, and and they still have that sort of big club sort of aura mystique. about them. Yeah, they have that mystique about them, and I think you know I think the um, the the Lord of going there now at 30 years old is 30, isn't he? He's mm-hmm. 30. The Lord of going there now at 30 <laughs> has just the, the 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 up the the, the sort of opportunity has has presented itself. And that's why I think he goes. I think he's, you know, I think that he kept them all and let them all run down. And, and I think this talk of 25 million and people are going shit over it, I we think that's going to be the up. fee. It's the we same thing. Exactly. Yeah. I
2: think
3: it's, the, the fee's been reported as 25 million with 8 million in add-ons. And the add-ons are going to be, look, Paid because they're going to win the league. He's going to probably end up as top scorer in the league, and they'll get they'll go deep in Europe. But Sadio has won everything. You know, he's he's literally won football with us. He's given us some of the best moments, some of the best goals, the backheel goal. You know the 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 one against Bayern Munich from, from Virgil's Lambo, the stop and chip. He's an outstanding, yeah. outstanding player. And replacing him has got to be difficult, but given the track record of the club, you give them the benefit of the doubt that Sadio's not moving until the replacement is lined up. And it will be a replacement who will be able to come in and hit the ground. It'll have to. I think because it's, I think going to be no let-up next year. I think it's a,
2: it's, it's a really weird situation because... I look at Firmino plays down the middle. I don't think Jota's a wide player. I think he plays down the middle. Yeah. I think Salah or Mane. People saying some people saying no, I he's pushed out of position because of Diaz's form. I think Mane. They just seen him and went. Jota's not in great form. Bobby's Bobby's yeah. uh, injured. I'm gonna put Mane in there. Mane he might see himself as wanting to go back out on the left, and you never know. But I think it's a really weird one because even if he leaves, right? Even if he leaves with a Regi gone, I still think you're trying to square peg round hole a little bit because you're going to end up with Salah on the right that has a year left on his deal you'll end up with Diaz playing down the left now I know it's a squad game so you can put them anywhere but then I kind of look and say what do you sign because you have a nine in Firmino you have a different type of nine in in Jota do you go and sign an out and out nine goal scoring nine and you say right someone's going to end up kind of going I have to go and play second fiddle to Salah here who plays every game or I'm going to play on the left and I don't want to. I think it's actually quite a hard one. But look, the summer will um, tell. You know, I think we'll sign players and we'll, we'll see where we are come the first week in August.
1: Nkunku was getting a lot of a lot of talk yeah. and I see Nkunku as a, as a wide sort of option um, and I don't know. I think we go more for a central player even though you're saying we have got Bobby and we have got Jotte. I think... They would look we, maybe to do the central striker and then a winger next season when Salah goes, you know. It'd be it's very hard, to guess. It is very hard. I
3: think to we guess. Cha- I think we change shape. That, that's I can that's see I can, I, yeah, I can see us going to a two man midfield. The too many links screened four two three one or four four two to me. Hmm. Um and then if that doesn't work out Sangaria PSV. Exactly the same, yeah. he's has a lot, of talk. you know. He's, he, yeah, he's in exactly the same kind of mold as Jumaine. He's six foot three, a pure bull of a, a number six, you know. And whether it's a case that we turn around and say, Okay, we've got a front four, you still got tacky around as well, hmm. you know. You've still you still got Curtis Jones, you know, look, you've still got Harvey Elliott, and you've got the young lad coming in from Fulham. Yeah, I think you do need a focal point striker if you're going to change.
2: Yeah, well, I think look, we
3: need that option.
2: We we have all summer to talk about that, oh, and it's going
3: to be great. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have <laughs> no all summer to talk
2: about that and talk about, you know how we do it. We take all the all the links and we go through them and say what we think, um, whether it be yes or no, and get the views of the people in the chat. Before we finish up, Felecon is a char- charity partner. Um, as I said, we've gone past the. F- uh, mark. So we're going towards the 100% mark now, if possible. The link is in the description if you want to know all about them. There's another link in the description also where you can donate. You can take that link and you can send it to friends, family, colleagues, wherever it might be. Or if you're thinking of doing some charity fundraiser stuff and you want to um, make Fela your charity and link it through us, you can absolutely absolutely do that as well. Um, But go and check it out. With regards to the summer, first of all, I'd like to thank everyone for watching all season. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, the chat is oh, spot on. It always is. And um, hopefully, it'll stick with us through the summer when we bring you drafts, quizzes, drinking, um, transfer stuff, and whatever else we can fit in. But <coughs> for this week, we're going to have winners and losers tomorrow night. It's going to be um, Phil, Dico, and Pete tomorrow night. Um, we're going to do a season review. Possibly on Tuesday or Wednesday We're going to throw in a Transfer Agenda show Just for the crack to get us kicked off Because we will be into June um, We will have the viewers voice Which was brilliant last Thursday We're going to do that again on Thursday um, Sports Unplugged will be with you on Friday And the lads are going to look at loads of stuff over the summer um, wherever comes up in sport But a lot of football stuff as well They're going to try to get some guests on from different clubs To talk about their clubs and stuff So There's a lot there um there's a lot there uh, that we're gonna work on throughout the summer. Let us know if you like it or don't like it. That's absolutely fine. But once but once again, from all of us, I want to thank everyone for watching, subscribing, liking, sharing, commenting on um, from now on all we want is your comments as of tomorrow's show. Um Cav Alderman is ready for a break, so my, but I don't get one, Cav, so you'll have to stick with it. Um that has been yeah, it. I- starting back in about four weeks, is it? I think it the Premier League starts back on Wednesday. But, uh, yeah. Kev, anything else before we go?
3: No, I mean, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, joining the team this season. Um, I've loved every minute of it. I've really enjoyed every, all the interactions from the chat, from you guys. It's just been a fantastic year. Um, it's been a great, great season for the club. and I just I can't wait to see how this side evolves. I'm really looking forward to the summer see how this side evolves, and then we can get excited for pre-season and start of the season, August 6th. It's going to be a crazy year, man, next season. Five subs, can't fucking wait. Bring it on.
2: Chris, anything else before we go? No, similar, since Kev
0: enjoyed doing, going back to doing Friday shows, you know me, me Kev and Luke, we have a, a good giggle, don't we? Uh, normally yeah. widen each other up. Uh, and look, I've enjoyed the ride with the men's team and the women's team. Uh, I've enjoyed the opportunity of uh, covering the women's team a bit more in depth that I haven't I've have been able to do before, so I am look forward to do some more WSL chat next season.
1: Good stuff. Keith, anything else before we go? No. Passé, I always had a nightmare in there uh, in the chat talking about oh, yeah. the show has gone downhill. Since the target to- Tosties has declined, and he jumped in with Tasties, and now <laughs> and he's got Tosties right. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually got there. Fair play. Listen, but yeah, should have well, a random one somewhere. Should have a random one someday where we talk about Toasties and, mm-hmm. and get Andy on and talk about chocolate eggs and and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. and Let's just uh, have the odd little random are thrown in just for the likes of Paseo
2: just to keep them happy. Declan Max says thanks for all the content this year lads and really enjoyed it except keep talking about Brentford. Um, which of course Did you
3: know Keith went to, know. to see, went to see Did you Did know you what, what right? I'm Fabinho just going
1: to say okay, right. I spoke <laughs> about that once right and got lashed out ah, and it wasn't right? once lashed out it, wasn't. it was it was one week right so I, I brought and it was one about week, Fabinho yeah, you know, four shows that week yeah but it was about Fabinho it was just like uh, you know uh, how brilliant he was and, and he won, <laughs> I won money on a bet off him and all that and I got yeah. lashed day of it. You yeah. fuckers yeah. talk about matches all the time. Okay. It's well,
2: not quite, we'll, we'll pr- we'll quite, quite we'll Villarreal, is it, though? Yeah, we might yeah. put a ban on it um, next season. But look, as you know, <laughs> um, th- this week that's coming, there will be a lot of normal shows because it's still the week after the season finishing. But over the summer, <clears throat> we do try to do transfer stuff. We do try to do, uh, you know, historical Liverpool stuff, quizzes, drafts, random stuff. And you know what? Loads of people like it. Some people don't. But we've got to the stage now where we just put it out there. And if you like it, you watch it. If you don't, yeah. you don't. Um, we know what we do. We know what we like doing. We know what people like. So we'll try to bring as much variety throughout the season or throughout the summer as we possibly can, and then before you know it, the Premier League will be back, um, League Cup games will be back, and um, it will um, it'll be a, yeah, it's another good season to look forward to. That has been the fat back four. Thanks a million for watching. Talk to you soon. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.